where we're talking so much, but there is very little we do. Very little. And that angers me. I want to tell you that. That wherever you turn in the church, everybody knows everything. But there's no effort, there's no sacrifice. You know, people just despise prayer meeting. They don't come. It's the same people since I've been in this church who attend on Tuesday. Some people don't even think about it. But they will go in every party. Even if it's rain or snow, they will go. Whatever distance it is. Let me give you a small testimony. We were very young with uh, maybe one or two kids at that time. We did not have a car. And we were running the library in, the ch- in a church. And we were hosting in our home uh, the um, elders and deacons meeting every Monday. And it went from 8 o'clock to 2 a.m. And the church we attended, there was a monthly night visual prayer. And we had a push chair. We didn't have a car. And I was teaching. It was a very busy time, almost impossible. But the Lord helped us. So things don't just happen like that. I tell my kid in the car, I say, if you're not agile now for God, then when? You know, young people are late to church. They don't care. They can't worship. You know, they can't come to prayer meeting. They c- Someone say, if in time of peace you're behaving like that, how are you going to behave in time of war? Young married couple are just paralyzed like this. Look at these people around you here with grown-up children serving the Lord. Husband and wife here. They've done that for years with grown-up children. Can't you learn from that? No. You want to come up with your own model? It's not going to work. We want meeting upon meeting. Up. Everybody wants to be a teacher, but nobody wants to learn. Where are we going with that? And we have this bookish knowledge and, and, and conspiracy theories. This very little reality. Nothing, actually. If we truly love God, if we truly desperate for the time in which we live, we close ranks and we come together and we seek the Lord. We've done that. It's open every Sunday, every week. We're here. We all work. We're all very busy. Very busy. Some people come here at 6 or 7 in the morning to set the Lord's table to do this. You find things there. We even print for you things which you don't even take, take away. We print. We write things. Thanks, Lisa, for hard work. You don't even bother taking it, even reading it. It, uh, it can be discouraging, but we won't be discouraged because everyone is responsible for his own life. You see, the trick, the trap is people live on the past. Understand, I told you the other day. When we were younger, they told us one minus two is impossible. That's what they said to us. And as we grow, we understood that it was one minus two is minus one. And then they say negative square root of a negative number is, is impossible. And then we learn complex numbers. 
So you've been working with the Lord for some time. Consider where you are now. It's not by chance that you are sitting there and listening to these things. It's not by chance. Don't live on the past. Eventually, in about uh, maybe 10 years' time, we will be 70 at that time. Then you will consider when we teach you. Maybe. But is the word of God we teaching you for your good? We spend sleepless nights for you to grow. Consider, please. The time is evil. Consider. It can't go like that. The church is not growing. The church is not growing. What kind of growth do we want? I want the growth that comes from God. If it's five people who know the Lord, who move with him, so be it. Too much worldliness. Too much fantasy. Too much superficiality. Where are we going to go? Now you hear. World festival of witches. Oh, what do we do then? Even if we call to come and sleep here, seeking the Lord here on that day, two people will turn up. What do you want us to do? To complain? What should we do? We pray. You don't attend. You don't bother. You don't close ranks. Where is the church going? The church going. Bookish knowledge. Conspiracy theories. All over the place. Very little reality. Praise the Lord. Christ himself is building up his church and the, and the gate of the Hades will not prevail against her. But the remnant, those who seek the Lord in the most serious way. It's, it's not easy for anybody. You know, some of us work 13 hours per day every day. Every day. Let's be serious. This is time for serious faith now. This is not time for come to the church because you want to please your wife or come to the church because you want to please your husband. No, this is for you to come to the church to meet God. This morning we pray that there will be an encounter personal between you and God. When you come here, you come to meet your creator. You're not coming for your spouse. You're not coming for your children or for your dad. You come from the Lord because one day we will stand before God and give an account before God. Well, yes, there is a room for theology, but sometimes I don't like theology. Sometimes. Sometimes I want the reality of the body, the reality of the Christian living. Sometimes I'm not interested in bookish knowledge. I don't want it. I just want the reality of the Christian living. Heavenly Father, we bless you this morning once again, O Lord. The eternal word of God that was made flesh. In you we live and have our being. And we are your people and the sheep of your pasture. Yahweh Rohi. Our living head. Help us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Now, you hear the word of God day in, day out, every day. But what do you do with it? Should we be put under pressure as teachers to bring to you new things all the time? To labor so much for you. And you hear and you forget. And you continue as if nothing has ever been said. We've been talking about rudeness. 
rudeness in the house of the Lord. Does that concern you? What do you feel about that? If someone said to you, you are rude and you are a Christian. If someone said to you, you are arrogant and you are a Christian. If someone said to you, you are a liar and you are a Christian. How does that feel you, make you feel as a believer? It's almost a denial of Jesus Christ. In a workplace, you have a small portion of power and authority as a Christian. How do you treat the people under your authority? As a Christian, the problem partout. Problem everywhere. The people who have caused me more problem at work since in my professional career are so-called Christians. Bad behavior, no testimony, gossip, stealing, lying, not effective at work, turning up late, no good performance. Christians, aren't we supposed to be salt and light? Aren't we supposed to be a city built on a hill? Aren't we supposed to be Christ ambassadors? I mentioned to you the relationship between husband and wife these days. It's impossible. We can't distinguish who is Christian, who is not. Husbands are rude. You know, women are, women are rude. You know, we don't know. You know, of fashion, worldly fashion. We, we don't know. We don't know where we're going. Are we going to return to the Bible? And uphold the truth of the Bible and glorify Christ? Where? In our bodies. In this world? For people to look our life and be challenged? What about young people? The missing dimension, the church of Philadelphia, is the topic today. The missing dimension, the church of Philadelphia. So we're going to have about uh, maybe two or three readings. But the main reading will be in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 to 13. That Revelation 3, 7 to 13. Just check something if I might remember that has just come in my mind. Um, where is it? Yes. That's the one. Um, don't turn to it. I'm just reading for you. Just come to my mind. In Isaiah 26, verse 8. Yes, in the way of your judgment, O Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you. Now listen. For when your judgment are in earth, the inhabitant of the world will learn righteousness. We don't need to wait that. We don't need to wait to be judged by God in order to learn his righteousness. We have the Bible, the precept of the Lord that teaches us his righteousness. Judgment will come and people will know that God is holy. The Bible says to the law and to the testimony, if we do not speak like this, people won't see light. À la loi et au témoignage, si on ne parle pas ainsi, il n'y aura plus d'aurore pour le peuple. 
we have to speak like this for people to see the light, for people to fear God, for people to follow God, in particular those who love him. What you need, not what you want to hear. Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 to 13. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia writes, This thing says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your work. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my commandment to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole, the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my, my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, unless you believe that this word does not apply to us, but if we believe that this applies to us, then the Bible is calling us to accountability and to responsibility. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. You see, these things were written on white paper with black ink. The letter kills you see the Jehovah Witnesses, they go around, you know, they've memorized. I know people who have memorized the quote of the Psalms, etc. But the letter kills. It is the spirit that gives life through the word. That's why it's called the sword of the spirit. So it's the spirit who uses the word of God to do the work. Without the spirit of God, bookish, head knowledge, no substance, puffed up nothing. I pray that we will be this kind of church. I don't think there's been one day where I wake up and I say, Lord, we are so small in number. There's no one day. I've prayed like that. I'm not saying it's a sin. You should not pray like that. Pray the Lord will give the desire of your heart. It's the right thing to do. Why? Because I trust that God will do whatever he wants to do and when he wants to do. And I am persuaded that God's way is the best. 
I'm encouraged when I look around and I see brothers and sisters who love the Lord. I'm blessed by their prayers. Their Lord. I don't have to wake up every morning and calling everyone and say, have you done this? Have you done this? People just know what to do in a mature way. That's a blessing for me. I'm blessed. And I pray for those people and their families. Well, when our time is over, we will pass away. Then other people will come to do in their own time. Then they will, the expertise will be put to test as well. We go with our little strength and weakness. And we bless the Lord and we move forward. I want to be this kind of church. Little strength. I want that. I want the power of God to be perfected in our weaknesses. That's what I want. I'm quite happy with that position. I want to see things happening. That's why we pray. That's why we meet. That's why we make plans. That's why we have bank accounts. That's why we do things. But I want, ultimately, God to be the Lord of this church. And to keep us from the works of the enemy. What am I saying there? I'm saying, is the word of God or nothing? Traditions of man and philosophy will be met with the strongest possible resistance. Imagine, if I come with my tradition, my philosophy, and you come with your philosophy or tradition, that one come with the tradition, what would happen? Pandemonium. Chaos. We all playing by this. Then it's security for everybody. It's growth for everybody. If we come by this, and the Holy Spirit is there to help us. We don't want to maintain people here. Don't leave the church, you know. The teaching is so harsh, you know. We're going to be politically correct, you know, to help you, to tell you how beautiful you are, you know, to top up a little bit of your health, you know, self-esteem, etc. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to teach you and me the ways of Christ. To know Christ and the power of his resurrection and to wait for him earnestly. And to flee from sin and to follow Christ because he's holy. Have you noticed the way he presented himself to Philadelphia? That say he who is holy. And we should be the first to know that God is holy. If someone comes here and we are God worshippers, they must be challenged by the way we dress, by the way our young people dress, by the way we speak, by the way we worship God. They must be challenged because we belong to God. But if they come, they don't see any difference. You know, to take pareil, blanc, bonnet, bonnet, blanc, is the same. You know, there's no, they don't see any difference. You no, know, the church in the, in the world, the world in the church, a little bit... I'm reminded that little man who went with his dad in the church and uh, he couldn't really see the difference between the church and cinema and uh, all the world concert, etc. And after the service, he looked at his dad. He said, Dad, you didn't pay the ticket. He didn't see the difference. I'm calling us to a serious faith. Okay.
Philadelphia means brotherly love. It is the faithful and blameless church which the Lord commanded and encouraged. For the sake of consistency, I've kept the title, The Missing Dimension. But in this church, there's no missing dimension. It's all commendation and encouragement. Zero missing dimension in this church. But it's interesting that the church is called Philadelphia, uh, brotherly love, and automatically we say, oh, that's a spiritual thing. You see? It's a brotherly love church, and then the church is commanded by the Lord, you know, everything is okay. But the name itself did not come from the Old Testament. Let's look a little bit of history here. Okay. When you look at the map, sorry, I always do this because I'm picturing my map. When you look at the map and you look Sardis, Philadelphia is southeast, southeast of Sardis, about 30 miles southeast. The word Philadelphia, the modern city of Philadelphia now is in Turkey. It's in Turkey. I think it's called um, El Sehai, I think it's called. El Sehai. Yeah. It's called, it's right, El Sehai, but you pronounce El Sehai. Yes. It's there. Okay. Where does the name come from? There was a king there. Philadelphia was part of the kingdom of Pergamon. And there was a king there. And that king loved his brother so much. And before he died, he would leave the succession of the city administration to his brother. Eumenes, I think. Eumenes the second is the person, and his brother was Atilos the second. Okay. So he will leave the kingdom to his brother. Now, his brother will lead the kingdom in the same way his predecessor brother had led. Hence, fulfilling the wish of his brother. So people could see on display the love of the two brothers. And then people gave Atalius a nickname, Philadelphus. He loves his brothers. That's where the name Philadelphia comes from. Brotherly love. And then came the, the talks, Ottomans, and they destroyed the city. Now, before that, I think I've read that there's been an earthquake. There have always been earthquakes in that place. And at some point, the earthquake were destroying everything. So they were living constantly in fear. Oh, it makes sense that the Lord promised them to make them a pillar in the temple to give them eternal stability. Though everything was crumbling around them, there will be a time where they will be unshakable in the temple of God, living in hope. What else can we learn historically? That's enough. Let's move on.
So, there's no missing dimensions, but there are secrets. Secrets. In the spiritual victory of this church, zero missing dimension, only spiritual lessons we can learn from this um, church. This church had at least four secrets. I call that secrets. But you can call that ways of victory or means to victory. At least four of them. The first one, obedience to the word of Christ. You see, Christ was so pleased that that church obeyed and lived by his word. Christ was so pleased with them. Well, obeying Christ's word carries a cost. It means also self-denial. It can go against our will and our wish. There is a cost. But if we are stubborn, this is how I have been doing things. Well, that's your problem. Paul told Timothy, if I delay, you will know how to conduct. You see? You will know how to conduct yourself in the house of the Lord, which is both the ground and the pillar of truth. So there is a learning, a way of conducting ourselves in the, in the house of God. We don't just go, this is how I've been. I'm, well, if that's how you've been, then keep it in your corner. If you don't respect women, you don't respect men, you are rude, you do that for you in your house. In the house of God, we will teach each other how to live by Christ. We don't just talk love, love, love. No. Love is kind. We don't go around destroying everything, gossiping, backbiting, and feel great about it. Spiritual BBC. Now, the fear of God means, oh, what I'm about to say, what's the effect on the hearer and on the person I'm gossiping about moving forward? Remember the teaching about Esau? We had descendants, the Edomite and the Israelite, the teaching we had, the impact of Esau's behavior on Jacob and how the Lord felt about it. Let's be very careful when we speak. This church knew its weakness, but also it knew the absolute authority of the word of God, as opposed to the church in Sardis that promoted its own traditions or relied on its own reputation. The church in Laodicea relied on its self-sufficiency and material riches. Clinging to everything, anything, anything. Now, in Philadelphia, it was the word of God. And they were conscious. And they knew that they were weak. That's the position God wants us to be on. We are too strong. Too strong, I'm telling you. No one can say anything to us. I am a Christian, but my way. But hasn't God established ministries 
for the equipping of the saints and the edification of the church? Well, God has placed all the teachers and the ministry in church to help you to grow. So it is a denial of Christ. To deny his order is a denial of Christ himself. How do we hope we're going to... Okay. When we say, oh, give us a bit too much, I have YouTube. You don't give offering on YouTube. You don't forgive YouTube. You don't love YouTube. You're not patient with YouTube. You see, you hear, you feel good about it, it makes you knowledgeable, it makes you a scholar, C.S. Lewis, whatever you want to be, and then you go and you help with your knowledge. But the reality of the church, they are friction. Friction. Because we are human. Friction. That way you exercise the mind of Christ. Misunderstanding, friction, etc. Those things, and you be patient and forbearing, and you grow. And Some people say, I'm going to stay home. Because the church is problematic. That's not the mind of Christ. We come to the church. Do you know? The first characteristic of a true believer is the love for the brethren. Some people are on the other side. They criticize the church as if it was a curse. Oh, the church is Sodom and Gomorrah and Babylon. Oh, the church is like this. The church. But go and see them interacting with pagans. They're so happy, on fire. Oh, 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 oh. But when they come to the church, they don't can't even say hello to people in the church. But see them outside with pagan. They're on fire. See them watching Manchester versus Chelsea. See the reaction. But when we come to worship God, we worship God with our heart, our soul, our mind, and everything. And we look at everything else with reserves and contentment. Containment, I meant. Someone say, try to make me laugh and say, Gee, you don't laugh. I say, there's very little to laugh about in this world. I laugh in the church, I laugh with the brethren. You know? With the unbelievers, I'm very reserved. You know, some people try to get a smile from me. I'm very reserved because if, if, if you're blaspheming God and you're making coarse jokes and bad jokes, you don't expect me to add my smile to that. Smile with the believers. Because we worship God together. And we will be in eternity together. That's the first sign you know someone is born again. The love for the church of Jesus Christ. Philadelphia, brotherly love. The word of God was the source of the renewal of the strength and the consolation of the church of Philadelphia. However, the power of Christ was perfected in their weaknesses. Listen carefully to this. The Lord honors those who are small in their own eyes. If you're too big in your own eye. Now, the Lord is not in that business. The Lord honors those who are small, who see themselves as very small and weak. Remember, is the sick 
who need a physician. If you feel like you are self-sufficient, someone said to me, not praying means I don't need God. If you don't pray, what you're saying, I don't need God. If you pray, you are desperate for God. You can't do the next step. You can't go 24 hours. You don't know what to do. You look for God everywhere. You seek God. You pray. You're desperate for the Lord. And you grow in that desperation for God. Thirst and hunger for God. You grow, you grow, you grow. Let me give you something. It's personal. It's a personal finding. As a Christian, I've been Christian for a few years now. I don't Three decades? Okay. From the 5th of April, 1993, at 11 o'clock, I became a Christian. Okay. I've been praying too, just like you. We all pray. But we pray and I pray and I pray. I became very challenged when I began to look a bit more closely the apostles' life. The way they pray, I say to myself, am I missing something? What, what caused them to pray the way they pray? Yes, we're desperate for God. But these people, it looks like prayer or their briefing. It's, it's, it's a, they pray earnestly, they pray seriously. They were not advertising about prayer. They prayed. I learned that John the Elder before dying, told the disciple, his disciple, you know what? In Greek, the word disciple is not used. That's a Western concept. In Greek, they say he's a student. The disciple of Christ are called Christ's student. Remember what I told you in the teaching I gave about biblical discipleship? I told you the word disciple has teaching in it. It's someone who is willing to be taught. That's disciple. But in the West, everything has been changed. You hear, oh, there's no discipleship. What it means, it means that the pastor must wake up in the morning and call every believer for two hours every day. That's discipleship. No. No. Discipleship means to be willing to be taught first. And John the Elder says, sorry, I'm a bit influenced by, uh, uh, you know, the eastern way of saying things um, and, and, and the Bible the way it's written there because I was struggling but by the way it's not a new thing he called himself John the Elder in the epistles so I call him John the Elder and he left his student and walked a little bit further and knelt down and prayed and when he came back he told them he was going to die and he died now, I thought to myself I wouldn't be able to do that why would he do pray knowing that he's dying? What was going on? Jesus Christ, the same. Difficult situation is coming. He goes, with, maybe he learned from the Lord because by that time they were sleeping. <laughs> when the Lord was doing the same, his prayer was like a lullaby to them to sleep. And I thought to myself, why did he do that? Why did he pray before dying? Paul is talking about prayer. Why would these people praying like that? And I'm still challenged by that. And I have no answer. I'm still searching in the Bible to understand.
The Lord honors those who are small in their own eye. Now, the first century church of Philadelphia is also a reflection of the faithful church of Jesus Christ throughout history. They've always been a remnant. Always. Even when the whole church went apostate and the Catholicism, there was always a remnant. And Roman Catholicism have lied to people in saying, oh, we are the true church. We are, the Pope is the rightful descendant, successor of Peter. Oh, it looks like Peter was married in the Bible. Jesus prayed for his mother-in-law, for Peter's mother-in-law. We look forward to the Pope being married. Every believer in Christ is a successor of Jesus Christ. Peter did not have any special status. The word given to him is the same word given to you. We are all equally descendant of the apostle. Really politically incorrect. For those who still have a bit of uh, Roman Catholicism left. Oh, gee, that's quite serious. That's a big statement. Well, there's no evidence that Paul left his successor here to lead the church astray sometimes. We are all successors of Peter. By the way, Paul rebuked Peter for hypocrisy in front of people. Can you imagine a priest Catholic standing in front of the Pope and saying, you're wrong, hypocrite. Can you imagine that? Why can't that be possible? Paul rebuked Peter because Peter was eating with the Gentile, and when he saw the other apostle came, he said, oh no, I'm not going to eat with them. Paul said, no, that's hypocrisy. Can you do that to the Pope? Let's leave the Pope alone now. Let's continue. Now, what is the problem? The problem here is philosophy and traditions of man. That is the main hindrance to the word of God growing in people's life. Everyone has his own philosophy. Everyone. I write quite a lot on the Bible, small articles here and there. I get quite a lot of, <laughs> a lot of feedbacks. People are locked in their philosophy. And some people are trapped into traditions of man. It's a problem. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Beware, let no one cheat you through empty philosophy and the traditions of men. Beware that no one cheats you. Philosophy and traditions are the problem. Some people think their own head replaces the word of God. Now, the word of God is settled in heaven. It came from heaven. God came and gave to his people the word. The Bible says on the tablet, the finger was the finger of God. When he was given to Moses, remember Moses was given tablet with script on it. Who wrote? God. And then he began to give them revelation of what he has given, expanding that way. Deuteronomy, 
second law and God is giving and revealing what he has given until we get today and we have the Holy Spirit in us to be able to understand the word of God. Remember, in the parable of the sower, there are people who receive the word but don't understand it. So not understanding, it's not an excuse. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. So it's not an excuse. Why? Because if you're born again, seek the Lord. Receive the word gladly with an open heart. Let it sink inside and fulfill it well. You see? Read this. All I just told you, the meditation the other day, if the word of God does not return void to God, how come in our life it doesn't fulfill what it's supposed to fulfill? All you have is wishful thinking and empty statement and declaration called word of faith. Declare this, declare. Nothing is happening. You declare from morning to evening, nothing is happening. Declare this on your life. Declare this because the word of God is a cre- create thing. Declare this, declare. Nothing is happening. You know? Chelsea fans is declaring we're going to win. Manchester fans declaring we're going to win. Who is going to win? You've declared for 10 years nothing is happening. But how come Jesus got it right all the time? With the first shot. You start the book of Mark. We're all reading Mark now. See the beauty. See the power of Jesus on display. 100% success in every undertaking. Because of the fulfillment of the will of the Father. The problem is us, is not God. So read that article. It will help you. Traditions. Let's move to Mark. You would have read this yesterday, I'm sure, because it was the reading for yesterday. Mark 4 to 7, I think it was. So Mark chapter 7. Why are we reading this? We're reading this in order to show the, the trap. What stops the word of God from growing in us? And the problem in the church today. Mark chapter 7, we're reading from verse 1. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him. Having come from Jerusalem. Now, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled. That is with unwashed hands. They found Verse 3. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. When they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many Sorry, I'm still trying to get uh, used to my new glasses. They are distance and near. <laughs> and there are many other things which they have received and hold. Mm. Like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. Verse 5. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not work according to the tradition of the elders? 
but eat bread with unwashed hands? Verse 6, he answered and said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you, hypocrite, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandment of man. That's quite serious. Teaching as doctrines the commandment of man. Eight. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold tradition. Notice the number of tradition, the word tradition. Tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. Well, that's serious. This deserves our consideration. Verse 13. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down. And many such things you do. Aha! Now you can begin to see why the word of God can return void. (laughs) We have the answer. The word of God is not respected, is not honored, is not taken seriously. It mixed with tradition of men and in some instances even pushed aside and replaced by traditions of men and we blame God for not manifesting his power amongst us. And then what is left is empty declaration, statement, word of faith, you know, declare this, declare that, nothing is happening. That's quite serious. That was not the case in the church of Philadelphia. They kept the word. Have you noticed how it's called? The word of perseverance. (laughs) The word of perseverance. It's not a feel-good story. The word of God, the word of God, make declaration, do the word of... No, it's the word of perseverance. Because time is getting tough and tougher. And the Lord will promise to keep those who will obey his commandment in the time of trial that is coming. Because time of trial is coming. Some people call it big crump. A big crump. The people, we learned that the people who play tennis, sometimes they eat, um, how is it called? Audrey, what is pastille in, in English? Pastille? The pastille? <laughs> what is it? No, no, no. Pastille is like, uh, anyone? We have a French teacher here. Anyone? Huh? No. It's something... People can eat, not ice cream, could be, but it's not quite, okay. It's something uh, sport people, they can have to avoid inconvenience in their body. But for the tennis players, sometimes they have a salty version of it to keep fit and to help themselves. They call it en français, les pastilles salées. It's sorted. I will check that. I will communicate by WhatsApp when I find it out. But why do they take that? 
to avoid sudden cramps. I've just told you that a big cramp is coming in this world. And you are the salt to avoid that cramp. Or to help some people to go through it with Christ. But the Bible then said, marvels, if the salt loses its saltiness, if the salt loses its saltiness, what is it good for? Apart from to be thrown away. Are we going to lose our saltiness when this world is going through a big cramp? Salt and light of this world. Do you remember what the Bible says? I think it must be in Second uh, Corinthians 10 or 5 somewhere. That though we walk in the flesh, we do not wrestle according to the flesh. Yeah? For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For doing what? For pulling down strong old comma. And casting down arguments and every high thing that exalt itself above the word of God. Ha <laughs> ha The sword of the spirit. The word of God. Philosophy are coming from everywhere. Psychology. Tradition. Witchcraft. You know, so many theories. The word of God. The sword of the spirit will help us counter those things. Trust the word. Study the word. Be serious with the word of God. Cherish the word of God. Study, learn, meditate, read the word of God. Pray according to it and live by it. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. That's the only way. I did not think that uh, we need another session for this, but it looks like a win. Okay, we're going to stop there. I know you want me to continue. I can see your face. But we're going to continue another time. We want to bless the Lord. We'll have the next session to continue with the church in Philadelphia and to see the benefit of the word of God. The Lord say, you are my disciple if you obey my commandment. But we need to know those commandments. We need to be taught. We need to cast down any argument, any high thing, any tradition, philosophy, human reasoning in the house of the Lord and live by the word of God. For faith comes by the hearing of the word of God. You can't just say, I have a faith. How do you maintain that faith without the word of God? Is the word of God that increases faith? When you hear in the book of Mark what Jesus Christ could do to someone who was uh, living amongst tombs and cutting himself with stones, how many demons did that person have? How many? How many? Let me make a confession to you. I used to think it was 200. 2,000! 
2,000. Can you believe that? Oh, I can see the Berean checking, flicking through the Bible. Where does it say that? Where? Does it say that? Where? It's an extrapolation. Because when the demon, the spirit left that person, they went into 2,000 swines. We conclude that there were at least 2,000 spirits. But, oh, 2,000 spirits in one person. Ah, oh, the devil is not good. Ah, oh, the person living among the tomb and cutting himself with stone and all that. Ah, oh, Christ is approaching. And they say, Son of God, don't trouble us, Son of God, Son of God. Who are you? Legion. Why legion? We are so many. Out! It's not our time yet. Please send out. Okay, go there. And the man was restored in his good sense. The Bible says, he said to the Lord, I'm going with you. The Lord said, no. You go in the city and say what God has done for you. The Bible says, il était dans son bon sens, good sense, restored. People could not believe. Is this the man who used to cut himself with stone? Restored by Christ. The power of Christ. When you hear that, when you see him healing people, you say, whoa, the Bible says Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, he can heal me too. I can pray for someone. He's going to heal because he say, I have given you the power. Go and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out demons in my name. In the name of Jesus. We do those things. When you hear that as I'm talking now, your faith is growing. That's what it means. Faith comes by the hearing. If I lie to you, you will have a distorted faith. When you hear Jesus, you say, He is the same in His name. I will live. May the Lord bless you and strengthen you for the rest of your journey and pilgrimage on this earth until He returns. Let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty God, we want to bless you and to say thank you, O God. Jesus Christ, the eternal word, who was made flesh and lived amongst us and we beheld your glory as the one of the only begotten Son of God. And to those who receive you, you gave them exousia, the privilege, the jurisdiction, the rights, the power to become children of God. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and we are safe. Blessed be the name of God. Lord, thank you Lord for giving us your word. And leaving the spirit till the work on earth is done. Blessed be the name of God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God the Son. We bow down before you and we bring our lives to you, O God. In the multitude of our anxieties within us, may your word, your comfort, your precept, your judgment sustain us, O God. You are the restorer of our soul. Yahweh Rohi. We look to you for the rest of the sojourn. Oh, we love you because you loved us first. I pray, Lord, for the brothers and sisters, Lord, 
in particular for those who are weary and burdened. Oh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Rabbi. Lord, we call out to you, our living head. May you change the condition. May you change the situation. In the name of Jesus, we pray as it is written in your name. It's all about your name. May you visit your people, oh God. May you raise them up, Lord. And those who are healing their body, may you bring healing and restoration all in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray that your name will be exalted and glorified. It is written wherever at least two people are gathered together in your name, you are in our midst. And where your spirit is, there is liberty. Free us, Lord, we pray. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from anything that is holding us back from running with you, from pleasing you. Help, help, we cry out, Lord. Have mercy. Hallelujah. Our God is an awesome God. You are our hiding place. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Lord, visit your people again. Restore, Lord, the broken hearts, we pray. Relieve, Lord, and lift up, Lord, the one who is down in this very time. Lord, we pray for our brethren who cannot be with us here because of disease and sickness. We bring, Lord, them before you. Have mercy, Lord, we pray. We now commit, Lord, the rest of the day unto your hand in the week ahead. Grant us, Lord, to live in the victory of the cross and to the revelation of the newness of life because of the power of your resurrection. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. In you we put our trust until you return. We give you praise. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. May God bless you all and be strong in the Lord. Amen.